Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. We're going to bless the name of Jesus. We're going to give him some glory. We're going to give him some honor. Hallelujah.
Amen, amen, amen. Amen. We're going to just pray right now and ask the Lord to continue to bless us and be with us this morning. So we're going to ask you to bow your heads and join in with us with prayer this morning. Oh, Father God, we love you, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for one more time to be in your presence this morning. As we worship you this morning, oh God, you're truly worthy to be praised. We ask you, Lord God, that you will move upon us, Lord God. Lord God, you made us a promise and we're sure you won't let us down. You won't, oh God, stop now, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll keep us, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, that whatever we do for the remaining portion of the service will be done to the glory and to the honor of your name. Let your anointing fall upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. I pray you will bless our online congregation this morning, O oh God. I pray you will be with us and keep us, O oh God, as we worship you continually. Let you will be done, your kingdom come, as we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And come on, church, let's just give the Lord a round of applause. He is worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah.
Jesus. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Hallelujah. There is nothing better than this. There is nothing better than this. There is nothing. Nothing is better than this. Hallelujah. 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 What a spirit of worship in this place this morning. Oh, God, have your way this morning, Lord. Let your will be done, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. There is nothing better than this. There is nothing. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We praise you this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a round of applause this morning. It's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. It's worthy to be praised. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. If you want to continue to worship the Lord, that's all right. He is worthy to be praised this morning. Amen. You have all right to praise God this morning for all that He has done for us. Amen. We were nothing. But God makes something beautiful out of our life. And we got to praise Him while we can. Amen. We got to praise Him because He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I just want to praise Him. Hallelujah. Forever and forever for all that He has done for me. Amen. Well, we greet you all this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise and magnify the Lord with us this morning. Our God is truly great and greatly to be praised this morning. We're going to praise Him. Don't let the rock praise you. You have the right to praise God this morning. Amen. In spite of the way you're feeling or in spite of what's going on in your body, you've got to praise the Lord while you can. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We praise you this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. We pray God is with you and that you're feeling the same way we're feeling in the house of God. Amen. Don't stop praising God. Don't stop praising Him. If you want to feel like running around in your living room, in your dining room, or in your bedroom, go ahead and praise the Lord this morning because He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I just love the Lord this morning with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul. I love Him this morning. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Before Brother Tom come up with a few announcements, um, you know, we, we had a privilege of, you know, um, at a multicultural rally yesterday. 
and um, you know, talking to a few people, and you know, um, we got up there early enough before the the storm or the lightning or whatever uh, you know bad weather we had, inclement weather. Um, so we made it out. In fact, I was transporting things from the vehicle to the the sanctuary while the rain was uh, pouring down. But thankfully, we were able to make it in. But then we started to get calls. Uh, people have been stuck in traffic for some up to two hours. So I'm glad you didn't, you know, I know you want to be, <laughs> be there by the time. But, you know, there are people that I'm sure, in fact, I got a call from uh, Brother Spells. And he said, hey, Brother Scarlett, I'm coming up. I'm trying to have a few people. But obviously, the inclement weather stopped them from coming up. You know, I was talking to a few people and they said, man, we were stuck in the way that the road was shut down for two hours. So if I was in that position, I'm thinking, man, uh, it doesn't make it's late. I may might as well turn around and go back home. But you know, you got a few people stuck in there and they made it out to the rally and truly we had a really good time, amen, in the service yesterday. Amen. You know, I'm looking around this morning, I seen Sister Muddy and I seen Paul, you know, and you know, as pastors always saying you know, when, when someone is missing for a while, you know, you want to send your, your, your SWAT team or you want to you want, you want send your team. So I'm there. I, in fact, I ever said to my wife the other day, I said, I haven't seen Sister Maddie from we came from our trip in California. <laughs> so, so I'm saying uh, that's the why. So, you know, you see, when, when, when you're missing, you don't know how, how, how critical it is when we miss each other, you know. You know, we, we, we were one big family here. So when you're missing, we miss you. We want to make you know, online congregation, we're not there praising God. We miss you. We want you to be a part of what God is doing in this hour because God is doing something great in this hour. Amen. We don't want you to miss out on your blessing. Amen. So at this time, I'm going to invite Brother Tom to come on up with his announcement. We got too close. <laughs> Good morning, church. This weekend was full. We had a great weekend. We started off Friday with the baptism. More about that later. We uh, finished Friday with the ladies' service, which was special. Yesterday, uh, we began the day with having the second of the two COVID clinics that we sponsored. Um, and I said this at the 9 o'clock service. I'm saying it again. We're still the only church in Hamilton that has volunteered its premises to do this. And, and, and the ladies that were here, um, they, they, were, they didn't high-five, but they were celebrating how successful this was. They were really grateful for what we were able to provide for them. Um, and then uh, Saturday finished with the multicultural rally. And so... Um, Brother Scarlett didn't say it, so I'm going to say it. He was the guest speaker. He is, he, 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 is, he is the director of the multicultural program here in the district. And so I'm glad you made it. <laughs> I, I, I did not. I did not make it. Um, I, I had some car problems yesterday, but I took the bus to come to corporate prayer. And so as I was leaving corporate prayer, it was black. It was dark. And I said, Lord, i got to take the bus, go home. And he held off the rain. As soon as I walked in my door, boom. I was grateful. <laughs> I was grateful. So, but the weekend's not over because we're here. We are, we are right here. The next outreach uh, opportunity that we have is on Saturday the 24th. Um, that's, uh, that's coming up. 
um, the the uh, the youth is going to have um, their uh, North American Youth Congress watch party on uh, Friday the 30th. So the, the, the Congress is something where the kids, every two years our um, organization gets the kids together, they have a great time. 30, 40,000 kids in a, in a stadium rocking the house. Um, their, their youth leaders and others, it's really kind of a neat experience for them. They haven't been able to do that, but this year it's virtual. Um, on the 28th and through the 30th, that's when it is. We'll be sending links out. Kids, we want you to be um, following along. But on the 30th, um, that Friday night, um, we're going to have a watch party right here. And so all the youth will gather. Um, Victor Jackson is going to be, be the, the speaker. And, uh, yeah, well you can come too, Josiah. It's a, it's, it's a one-night only, the 30th, right? Yeah, but, but Brother Hasker sent me this this note saying he wants the kids to look online. He wants them. It's only one night? Oh, so he, uh, my bad. I must have misread the message. That's why you all looked at me funny at 9 o'clock. I, I went to pastor and I said, did I say it wrong? So I said it right the first time and now I'm saying it wrong this time. My goodness. The 30th, here, 7 o'clock. The following day we'll have our picnic. The following day on the 31st, we'll have our annual picnic. I am so excited for that. That is our way to reach out. That's our way to get together. Um, and we're going to pick something up that we, uh, we didn't do uh, last year because we didn't have our picnic last year. We have our friends and family that follows. And so the friends and family is this. If you invite somebody, invite them to come to church the following day. If you have some family come along with you to the picnic, invite them to come to church the following day. So we're not going to do a food spread like we sometimes do on friends and family, but we absolutely want to, um, to rock the house. Um, as, as a matter of fact, one of the things that uh, came up uh, yesterday when we were doing the COVID clinic is the, the ladies that were here, the nurses, they were asking me how big our congregation was. And I said, you know, we've got about 150 people uh, that are part of our congregation. And they were looking around. At <laughs> they were. They were looking around like, okay, uh, we know what the COVID rules are. And so anyway, we, I said, so we have two services. Pastor announced to the leadership team that the offer was placed on the new building on Friday. Money's been deposited on the new building. So I'm just throwing that out there. Bring your friends and family on the first. Let's expand this thing that we're doing because we're going somewhere. The final thing I want to share with you is that um, on Saturday, uh, August the 14th, it's a little ways away, uh, the North Central Jersey District is doing a back-to-school event. I don't know the details. We'll be doing something um, as, a, as a district on that. Um, schools are going back in, like regular um, uh, in-school in lots of places. We need our kids to be protected on lots of levels. And so there'll be more about that, but I'm just giving you that advance notice on Saturday the 14th. Details to come. Have a great day. Thank you, Brother Tom. Amen. And could we praise the Lord, everybody? Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Truly, oh, God is great and greatly to be paid. You know, just be a part of everything that's going on in the church. You know, if you're not able to be in person, Try to be there, you know, uh, virtual if it's uh, streaming. We try to do everything to get everybody involved. And I was looking uh, this morning and I said, man, I love the Lord. I love him with all my heart. So I 
out there, I just love him. You know, um, you know, I, I'm there saying, I, I don't know why people stop from serving God. You know, for, for what he has done for me. Sister Cole, it's, it's, there's no need for me to say that I won't serve God. I won't even assemble myself into the building where God brought me to be in. Because I know at the end of the day, you know, I have my family. But it's not the same. And regardless, you know, you may see it a little bit different. But, you know, I've been around the block a little bit. You know, I've been in this world, you know, a long time, if you please. <laughs> but, you know, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I do. But I, I, Brother Tom, I love the Lord. And I'm, I'm not going to let nothing stop me or hinder me from serving God. And I, I, I guarantee you, Brother D, I guarantee you, when we serve God with all our heart and with all our mind and soul and with the passion that he gave us the strength, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to let my job outdo me from praising God. If I'm working hard, I'm going to work much harder in the house of God. Because that's what my intent to do. Because he's the one that sustained me. He's the one that gave me life. He's the one that provides for me. So I'm not going to come into church and just cool and just sit back. I'm going to give everything that I can give unto the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to withhold nothing. So at this time, you know, it's offering time. And as Brother Tom made mention, we want you to pray and fast that this door that God has provided for us will be just open up for us and we can just walk right in. Amen. We don't want nothing to hinder what God has for us. The songwriter said, what God has for me, it is for me. And if this building is for us, it's for us. Amen. But so we want you to pray, you know, if you want to choose a couple of days where you want to fast and pray that God will open the doors, you know, of the, the, the seller's mind and the parties that involve that they will get a call tomorrow and say, Pastor, it's all done. You're ready to go. Come on in. Let us know what you need. That's the kind of faith that I have. And that's why I'm trusting God that he's going to, in fact, Pastor, make it a call tomorrow. Make it a call when you leave church today. And said, um, you know, it's time for you guys to take this building. You know, you don't know what God has in store for us. But we have to trust the Lord with all our hearts and all our minds. Remember, we're trying to raise $1.7 million. You know, if you want to be a blessing, be a blessing. If you have it hit away underneath, uh, we used to call it back in the days, uh, the, uh, the mattress. Thank you, brother. I was looking for another name. Ba back in the name, you used to have mattress. And uh, the mattress would be, I, I don't know, Brother Tom don't know nothing about mattress. I don't think you see the mattress. <laughs> Amen. We, we used to have these beds that we, we have back home where, where you could uh, roll up your little money and you could, uh, you know, hide it into a little section of we call what is mattress. So you, 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 you go there and you take a little sash here and there. That was your way of saving your money back in the days. You know, you didn't want to make, you know, bring it to the bank because, you know, you get a little bit of interest. And sometimes they may track you because, you know, they may say, why, you know, it's your money. Why is it that you need your money? So we have it either way in your mattress. You can get it at your exposure. Amen. So if you have something, you know, hit away something somewhere and you want to be a blessing, be a blessing. The Lord will bless you. In fact, I guarantee you that the Lord will bless you in return. I have proven him so many a times. 
You know, so be a blessing this morning. Um, whatever you want to give this morning for offering, don't forget put a little extra in there for building fun if you're able to. You know, every little make a muckle, right? Amen. So every dollar that you give towards the cost, you are the one. In fact, when we get out there with 9.30 service this morning, it was almost 10.30. What 10.30 service is supposed to start at 10.30. So you got to realize that we want a building where we can have everybody, where we can worship God, and that the Spirit of God is moving through one service. We don't have to worry about trying to get ready in transition for another service. We want everybody to come sit down comfortably and we can worship and praise God from morning till noontime or till evening the way that God wants us or led us to be. Amen. So we're going to invite you all if you can stand with us at this time. Amen. Remember, uh, our ushers are here in the front. We have two in the front. We'll be in the front and one in the back. And if you want to give online for online congregation or for those that here want to give online, you can go to www.myccc.faith if you want to give online. If you want to give to pay, PayPal, it's at Christ Center Church. And if you want to give at Cash App, it's the dollar sign CCC 2711. And if you want to give here while you're here in the sanctuary, you can see Sister Patrice. I didn't see Jordan, the assistant. You know, so um, see her and she'll take all your electronic payment. Amen. Let's bow our heads as we continue to worship the Lord. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what we have already uh, felt in this place, oh God. You've truly been so good, Lord God. We thank you for all your precious people that you brought into the sanctuary this morning, oh God. Oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll continue to bless every individually, Lord God. Every child, every boys and every girl, every man and every woman. Oh God, our online congregation, Lord God, that you will be with them, bless them, provide for every person in this place, oh God. Because it's not your will, Lord God, that any should perish. Oh God, as we are about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing, oh God, upon every givers, oh God. Those who have not to give, make way so they too can give their time, give what they have into the kingdom of God. We ask you to bless the remaining portion of the service. And we pray for the man of God as he come forth to preach the word that the anointing of God will flow from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. And for everybody that is in the sanctuary will be blessed. Our online congregation will be blessed. Oh God, that wherever they go, they will be blessed. And I pray in God, actually Lord God, as you continue to bless us, we will continue to give you all the praises because you are worthy to be praised. Have your way, Lord God. We love you. Let you will be done. Your kingdom come as we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Give unto the Lord this morning, Jesus.
something is happening in this house this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name. My God, what an awesome presence of the Lord in this house. Amen. That's anointed instrument playing. That's anointed instrument playing. Amen. There are some that play instruments because they have the talent that God has given them, and they play solely on their talent, and that's wonderful. But give me the instrument playing that the instrument player is anointed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We had a baptism Thursday. We actually had a baptism last Sunday, and that was just so wonderful and outstanding. Sometimes the Lord just do how he wants. And last Sunday's baptism, the person had the Holy Ghost, and she was never baptized in Jesus' name. She got baptized in Jesus' name and got all her sins washed away. So happy for her. Amen. And then Thursday night, we baptized another person that have not yet received the Holy Ghost, but I'm sure she's on the brink about to receive the Holy Ghost. But she took on the name of Jesus. And we're so glad. This is what it's all about, church. You know, when we go before the Lord in prayer, one of the, uh, the, the advantages you have when, when, when you go to the Lord in prayer is doing God's will. You'll see in the message this morning how when you do God's will, you can always say to God, what about this, Lord, because we're doing your will. But it's hard to go to the Lord and try to get him to do something you want when you're not doing his will. Amen. And so as a church, I am so proud to be a part of this church because we're doing what God wants us to do. We really are. We're doing what God. This is this is a place where people can come and get saved and and fulfill their purpose for why they were born into this world. And it will prepare you. This place will prepare you to spend eternal life with your Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, how can you not want to be a part of this? And then on top of it, we care about humanity because we can't just care about heaven. We, we have to care about people. And so we have our clinic going on, our, our, our COVID clinic going on in this church. We're reaching out into our communities. We're, we're doing all that we can to help humanity while they're here on earth, but to help humanity fulfill their divine purpose in Christ and eternally. Invite people to come to church because you know this church is about the kingdom's business. And we're not about our own business and what we want, but it's about the kingdom's business. And so we want Sister Nina, Sister Nina, to come. Come, Sister Nina. Hallelujah. Sister Nina, I see you got your shades with you. You you, you drove to church with your shades today? You had your shades on while you was driving? Oh, Sister Nina. Tell them, I'm Sister Nina with the shades on. You let them know back home that you Sister Nina? Okay, this is your Sister Nina. So I want you to hold this. Brother Tom is going to take a picture of you. Hold this real good. Show your face. Look at the camera. And I'll just stand over here just to just take up some space. But this is about you, Sister Nina. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's her birthday of being born of the water. 
And when you're born of the Spirit, Sister Nina, we, that will be your other birthday. And so we'll get you another certificate for that. And we're just going to help you fulfill your divine purpose in Christ and to prepare you to spend eternity with your Savior that created you. That's what this is all about. And so as you walk this journey in your divine purpose, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to touch people's lives. And people's lives will be changed because your life has been changed. And that's just the way it will work. Thank you, church, for just being so supportive and just working together in doing what God wants us to do. Amen. I love the church family. Amen. I appreciate the church family, and um, I can't tell you how much I love you guys. I, I told him this morning that, you know, I'm one to always just kind of deflect, um, you know, anything being pointed at me because I want you to be in the spotlight. I want you to just walk in your purpose and let God do what he wants to do. I'm just here to serve you because i'm really serving the lord and that entails serving you as well and so i want to just do all i can to serve you and so because we're family i share this with you not for any other reasons but just because we're family um i lost my biological dad last night at um almost midnight uh he passed away and left us and so um we have funeral that we have to take care of and get everything done there so keep the wyatt family in your prayer because, you know, it's never easy when you lose, um, you know, loved ones, but especially those that, um, let's say, that you have some of their genetics, you know. <laughs> they help to make up who you are. And so when you lose them, you feel like you're losing a part of you because, you know, they help to make you who you are. And so um, we're going to miss him. Um, that's my dude, as I said. I've got a lot of his traits. <laughs> I see it all the time, um, and I just know. But, you know, what you're going to do, as um, um, my friend um, Brother Barrett said this morning, all of us have to go that way, don't we? The Bible says it's appointed a man to die once. So we're all going to die. And so all we need to do is prepare for that. Um, and, and living for God, being saved, is a step in preparation to one day leave this world and to go into the eternal world. And so it's all, um, you know, up to the Lord how he wants to guide our lives. But we need to trust in him. And so I appreciate all your prayers and um, just all your support. I thank God for you. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to get into the reading of the word of God this morning. And we want God to have his way. We had a great service this morning at 9 a.m. I also want to mention about our multicultural rally yesterday. Um, I just thought it was just outstanding. Um, I just want God's will to be done, and I, I love to just watch when God is working in all of your lives and what God is doing in all of your lives. This, this it's, it's such a blessing just to see it, and yesterday I was able to watch it and, and be a part of it, you know, a little part of it, but um, watching Minister Scarlett um, um, plan and prepare um, that multicultural service and all the people he had involved and all the things that went on. We had um, over, we had about seven churches represented at our um, uh, conference yesterday, and I was just so blessed watching everybody doing just a tremendous job. It was certainly, um, if you looked on the congregation, you will see how diverse it was. We certainly were multicultural. Um, one of the um, ministers that spoke, um, he is Filipino and his wife is Caucasian, and um, he went up and he just made fun of that, and I just loved that. Because I just, you know, he did something I do all the time. So I was telling, I was telling uh, my mom and Sister Cole when I was driving back, I said, he did something I do all the time. And so 
He said every time his wife gave him a hard time about anything, he said to her, but babe, I'm Filipino. <laughs> I died when he said that. Because Tony, every, every answer I give is because I'm Jamaican. Can you do blah? I'm Jamaican, aren't I? <laughs> so Jericho just made me laugh yesterday when he said that. And I just, I appreciate the kingdom of God when, you know, because that's what it's about. I don't know about our world. Our world is, is in trouble. But you get into the kingdom and you see all the diversity and you see genuine love for one another and we have a good time together. All that stuff that goes on out in that world, I'm just like, just get in the church, world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just get in the church and get saved. And we won't be struggling with all of that stuff. But the service was just wonderful. Brother Scarlett did a great job. And when it was his turn to get up and minister, boy, did he minister the word of God. The anointing of the Lord flowed just so wonderfully upon him. And he speak the word of God with just, you know, a, a conviction and with passion and with love. And I appreciated that service yesterday. So for all of you that took the opportunity to drive up, we all got into some kind of whatever. Um, I came right behind the rain. So I didn't get really stuck. I mean, I had a little bit of traffic, but I came right behind the rain. We watched the rain. And so we watched the rain like it was traveling up and we were behind it. So by the time we hit Jersey City, I was just seeing, you know, just, you know, what was left over and all that. I saw a little bit of flooding. I'm like, ooh, we came right behind it. So it was good. So we got there and uh, we were able to have a good time. A wonderful service. And I thank God for our multicultural director, Minister Everton Scarlett. Amen. Amen. He's he's walking in his purpose for God. Amen. And he's going to make it hard for a lot of you. Why is that, preacher? Because the man run a whole business. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know y'all. Sometimes, man, this pastor just like to knife us. I don't try to knife you. But I just got to tell you the truth. And this man runs a whole E&J termite. He runs that. He started it. He runs it. Yes, his family is um, there, but he's the president, and he <laughs> he's the president. He is the CEO. He is he is the one that operates. He just do everything. He is he is Mr. E and J. Amen. And so he's doing that every day of the week and serve the Lord with all of that. He served the Lord. So when you see that, you're wondering, man, what what am I going to tell God when I don't serve the Lord? I'm not running no business. I mean, he, he's the head of his home. He runs a business. And man, the dude served the Lord with everything he's got. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, I hope to God that we understand um, that, you know, the Lord is looking for passionate people that will give him everything because that's what the Lord has called us to the kingdom to do. And as he said this morning, God has been so good to us. Why won't we do that? I mean, that's the least that we can do. God gave us breath. He, he blesses us every day. He provides for us all of this stuff. Why wouldn't we just say, here, Lord, have it all? It, 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 we, we need to trust God. Because here is the truth about it. We keep, I don't know, I know this is the part that might challenge us, that the way how God does things, it doesn't always make us feel comfortable. And that little thing there is probably the biggest challenge, Tony, that we have. But how about we not think about how God does it, but just look on the result that it will produce in our life? How about we stop worrying about how God does things? Because that's what trip us up a lot, like 
Uh, you know, don't worry about what the process that God uses or the direction and the way God takes you. Just look at the end results at all time, how good it will be for you when you follow God. Because he wants just what's good for you. He will never lead you to anything that's bad. Everything that the Lord leads you to do, everything that he does for you, is going to benefit you in a tremendous way. But we chicken out sometimes because of the process. How about we stop worrying about the process because we can't control the process and just look at the end results. How about if we do that, I think we'll do a whole lot better living for the Lord than, than, than taking gentle steps and saying, God, how is this going to work? Listen, he brought them to the Red Sea, and I'm sure there's some that was like, God, how is this going to work? And the man of God, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Red Sea was parted. You see what I'm saying? So God has shown us by his track record that he will always take care of us. Always. So let's just trust God to take care of us and not worry about the process. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number one. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number one. The word of the Lord says, it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side Syria. And behold, they be Hazazon, Tamar, which is En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. When Jehoshaphat feared, he set himself to seek the Lord. First thing I want to tell you this morning, church, as a Christian, you will have some fear. You will have some fear. Having fear doesn't mean you don't love God. Having fear doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Having fear doesn't mean you don't have faith. Fear just happens to be a natural part of our living because we're in this frail flesh that's just weak and that we know is no good. But we're going to experience some fear. This is a man of God. The Bible says, and Jehoshaphat feared. But when he feared, he set himself to seek the Lord. So when we fear, the first thing we need to do is set ourselves to seek the Lord. No one is saying that you won't be fearful at some point, but then set yourself to seek the Lord. And proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help. Of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the con in, in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, this is the man of God, said, he stood in the midst of the congregation and he's getting ready to pray before the congregation. Here is his prayer. O Lord God, our fathers. Art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? So God doesn't just rule his kingdom. There you go. And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Question mark. Art not thou our God? 
who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever. You know where sometimes people go wrong, especially in the Middle East? There are probably some that are saying, why does this land belong to these people? Well, we just read it. The Bible says God owns everything, right? And when God is good and ready, he'll clear out who he wants to clear out and give to who he wants to give to. We don't like that, but if he's the owner of everything, he decides, I don't care how long you've been occupying the land. When God step up and says, eh, you got to go, because I'm going to give this land to my friends. I'm going to give this land to my people. You got to go. He owns it already, so he can be that shot caller. And so, unfortunately, some people think that they can say, if this is ours, this is ours. Yeah, okay. It's all, it all belongs to the Lord. And whatever the Lord decides to do with what's his, he does. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. Here's something for This must be for somebody because it ain't for me. I don't say that much, but I'm going to say it. So for all the people all around that get concerned about tithing, the Bible says the tithe belongs to the Lord. So whenever you give what God requires, which is 10% of all earning, you're giving to the Lord. But here's the Lord. I do whatever I want with my money. So when you give tithe in the house of God, that tithe belongs to God. And God decides what he wants to do. So if he wants to give it to the preacher, that's his business. I didn't say that for me because I don't care. God do whatever he wants. And so that's what some people miss sometimes where they say, well, I ain't giving no money to no man or no woman, whoever the pastor is. But the bottom line is what God asks you to do when he asks you to give 10 percent, that belongs to God. And you got to realize whatever belongs to God, he does whatever he wants to do with it. So the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So everything really belongs to him. So when he decides he wants to give this to that one and that to that, that's his business. But little old us, we think that we can control something when nothing really belongs to us. I just keep it moving. That was for somebody. That wasn't for me. But when the Holy Ghost prompt me to say certain things, it just means somebody had a question in their heart and God answered it for you. So we move on. What verse am I at? Is it six, eight? I reached that far. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name saying. So what they're saying is not only did God remove people out of the land and gave it to his people. When he gave it to his people, what did they do? They built a sanctuary. They built a house for them to worship and to meet God there. You ready for some more? Verse nine. If. When evil come upon, uh, cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before the house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. And I got to pause and tell you, the name of the Lord is in the house of Christ-centered church. 
We want to build a house for him to meet us. And when evil come upon us and when people try to judge us and when pestilence try to come upon us, we stand in the house of the Lord and we say, God, your name is upon this house. And we stand here that you may be our defender because this is your house and not our house. This is why it's important for the people of God to have a place where they come to and worship together because that house is the house of God. And he is the one that defends and protects it because his name is up on his house. And cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou will hear and help us. It is so important when the church come together and pray together. Because we are doing something godly. God has assembled, established the house. And whatever house he established, his name is on it. So even the churches that don't have Christ in it or Jesus in it, it's still his house. Wherever it is his house, his name is on it. And when we come together, we come together under the banner of his name. And when we cry out together, we are calling on the name of the Lord together for God to help us. And because he established us as a people and established his house as his house, he will help us. How about that, church? Second Chronicles 20 and 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives. I want you to see this, how everyone was calling on the Lord, their wives and their children. And upon Jaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. You know what I love about this? The man of God, the prophet, the king. He was the one that called the fast. He was the one that stood in the congregation and said, let's pray. And he called upon the name of the Lord with the congregation. But when the answer came, the answer didn't come to the king, the prophet, the man of God, Jehoshaphat. It came to another person, Jehaziel. That's who it came to. Again, you always hear me say, that's why it's so important for us to come together. Because God is deciding and determining who he uses at what time. And for us to be a benefit to each other, to the kingdom, we need to come together. And when we come together, God uses who we will while we're together. And he knows why he will use that one and that one. He knows why. We don't know why. But what we are supposed to do is come together and let him work through all of us so we can be a blessing to each other and to the kingdom of God. This text is so awesome. And so let's finish up here in verse 15 and he said this is what the lord said and the man of god begins to say what the, what god said and he said hearken ye all judah and ye inhabitants of jerusalem and thou king jehoshaphat thus saith the lord unto you be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. You saw the whole process leading up to this, and they got their answer when they fasted and they prayed. They came together as a congregation. They got their answer. The battle is not yours, but God's. Father, we thank you for your word this morning and for all that you have done. Lord, will you allow your anointing to flow upon me? 
and in this sanctuary. And will you touch the heart of your people? And God, will you impart into our heart what you will? Will you move among us, Lord God, and demonstrate, if you will, what you will have us to experience? Lord, will you allow us to have a divine, a supernatural experience in the midst of this congregation today? That, Lord, we will never be the same because of this experience you will give us. I pray, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit will work in this midst, Lord God. I pray that you will help us today and that, Lord, you will move on us in a miraculous way. We praise you and we honor you because all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. There is victory in your praise. There is victory in your praise. Tell your neighbor, there's victory in your praise. Tell your other neighbor, there's victory in your praise. Amen. There's victory on your, in your praise. Amen. When Jehoshaphat became fearful and did not know what to do because he was outmanned, he went to God for help. I want to ask you the question this morning, and you probably need to answer it truthfully because it's only going to help you. What do you do when you become fearful? What do you do when you lack resource? What do you do when you just don't have the answer? What do you do? What do you do? Do you stop and try to figure it out some more? Do you call somebody up and try to get them to give you some kind of revelation? Do, 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 what do you do? I don't know what it was for me, but I want to encourage you. When I first got saved and I got baptized with his spirit and I was baptized in his name and I started living for God, I felt like I was a man of God. And I started taking God literally. And I say that just to say everything that I read, everything that the man of God preached to me that I knew was in the Bible, I believed and obeyed. And so I just started just following what the Lord would say. And so if the Lord says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, guess what I did? I laid hands on the sick and expect them to recover. I just thought that if this is all real, which I believe that that's why I followed it. If this is all real, then I need to prove that it's real. And I want to tell somebody this morning that's hearing me that you need to prove that this is real to you. Don't make this a figment of your imagination or live off of what you heard the preacher say or somebody said or what you read, but you can't experience it for yourself because that is not real salvation. That is not a real relationship with God when you're hearing about all these things, but you're not experiencing it for yourself. And can I tell you this? If you're not experiencing, experiencing it for yourself, how about you sit by yourself and sincerely go to God with that? Don't, don't feel left out. Just go to God and say, God, why am I reading these things and it's not happening in my life? God, why am I hearing these things preached and it's not happening in my life? I thought this is supposed to be for everybody. Why is it happening to some but not to me? Don't be afraid to go to God about that. 
Go to him about that. You might not like the answer you get, but go to him anyway. <laughs> I think sometimes that's why we don't go to God with sincere stuff. Is because, again, the way how he will respond, the process that he uses, get us a lot nervous. Don't worry about God's process. It might not be how you like it to be, but the end results will be great. The end results will work in your favor. The end results will benefit you. So don't worry about the process. Don't worry about the process. The process, what they say, paralysis by analysis. Remember that? We've been hearing that for a long time if you've been living for a little bit. Paralysis by analysis. And what that means is we're analyzing stuff before we do it. And once we start analyzing it and it's not making sense, it's not calculating, it's not working out, then we just don't bother doing it. So we've got paralyzed because of our own little finite mind by analyzing stuff. And we leave it alone and we don't pursue it. But God didn't tell you to analyze the process. God says, obey. That's it. That's all he wants. Obey. Uh-huh. So many times we forget to go to God first. Mm-hmm. With our problems. We reach out to other people. We, we, we reach out to family and friends. And we, we reach out to, to what we think someone that knows the word. We reach out to people that we think have the answers. That we, we say they pray. We need to call them up. They pray. And all those people are wonderful and might understand things you don't understand. But guess what, church? The first one we reach out to when there's a situation is the Lord Jesus. It's not my prayer warrior friend. It's not the one that knows better than me. It's not the one that I see do all the things in church. The first person I'm supposed to reach out to whenever a situation gets tight is the Lord Jesus. Call on the name of the Lord because he is the one that should be first. Not people. You live for God a little bit and you'll be able to tell some things. And I remember sometimes you can get a little bit uncomfortable when you hear certain things. But people that's been living for God, they see certain things over and over. Just like the devil sees things over and over. One of the reasons why the devil knows how to attack us is because he's been watching us for a long time. And so, just like the devil can look and see patterns and know what to do and know the answers, other people can do so. And so, sometimes you'll hear a man of God or a woman of God talking to you because they know, because they've seen a pattern for a long time. And when they come out and tell you, it might not be comfortable. But how about you realize that that's a man of God? That's a woman of God? And they may have seen something. I don't know. I forgot to tell the nine o'clock service, but I want to tell you all this. After service yesterday, Brother Scott, we driving home. My phone rang in the car and I hit the speaker on it. Is this Wayne Wyatt? I said, it certainly is. Guess who it was? Y'all remember Brother Churchill? That made my day. 
You don't know how I cherish the elders in my life. That, 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 that can encourage you, that can tell you you're wrong, that can tell you, uh-uh, that's, I've seen this before, you don't want to do it that way. I was so blessed that he thought about me, and he wasn't even home. He had traveled down to North Carolina to be with some family, and he was getting ready to preach this morning, and he called me up and says, I just want to tell you hello, I've been thinking about you, and I just want to call and tell you hello, and, and, and he's just talking, and then after a while, he says, so what are you preaching tomorrow? Oh, man. You, you have no idea how that made my day, that a man of God. Brother, brother um, 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 Churchill, he's 75 years old. I know that man has seen a lot of things. I'm like, when I hear voices like that, I'm like, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I, I just want to hear. I want experience. I want him to tell me something. Oh, church, when are we going to get to that place where we realize these men and women of God that God put in our life, man, they can tell us something that's going to help us. Let's not turn from what they're saying. Oh, what they're saying. Sometimes we don't even know what we're saying, but we're being led by the spirit to say it. But we got to trust the people God put in our life, especially when you look around and realize I didn't make this happen. God made this happen. Well, if God made it happen where certain men of God and women of God come in your life, then God did it for a purpose. Trust what they're telling you. Trust that God is using them to help you. We can't turn to people before we turn to God, though. We've got to realize the first one we turn to whenever there's something, we need to turn to God. We reach out to others. We will reach out for, 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 for our, our, our healing. Instead of praying and asking God to heal us, we reach for the medication to say this will help us. We become frantic when we face unemployment. We become angry when someone hurt us. So we try to hurt them back rather than falling to our knees and calling on the name of the Lord for him to do the miraculous. Church, nobody can do the miraculous but God. Nobody can do the miraculous but God. And oftentimes we need the miraculous in our life to experience certain things. And the only one that can do the miraculous is God. I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, I get frustrated with myself uh, that there's issues in my life that I need to work out. And I'm trying everything I can uh, to work it out. And it's not working out. I even do things that I think is godly, trying to work it out. And I don't feel like it's working out. But you know what begins to help me? When I say, God, I've read the word. I've fasted. I've prayed. Because you see, sometimes we're doing these things uh, by our own strength. We're praying because we know what to say. We're fasting because we know it's right. We're reading the word because we're trying to get some kind of revelation and nothing is changing you know why god does that sometimes because we're still not depending on him and god wants us to depend on him because only he can change some things in our life we cannot just do stuff and change our life because what we're trying to do is divine It's supernatural. And so we can't use what's natural to do something that's supernatural. We need supernatural to do supernatural things. And so a lot of times we're trying to do things with our own understanding, our own ways of thinking, and it's not getting done, and we're getting frustrated. But until we come to God and say, God, only you can do the miraculous. Only you can do the supernatural. Only things that are divine can be done by you. And so, God, we need your help. Will you help us? God will help us. But we got to go to him first. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. King Jehoshaphat was comfortable with admitting he could not fight this battle. Church, it's okay to admit to others and to yourself and to God that you just can't do certain things. It's no need to, to pretend and to cover up and to, and, and to try to, you know, act like you can do something. There's a lot of people that have found themselves into situations where they're failing miserably. All because they don't want to say they can't or they don't know. I'm okay with saying I don't know. I'm okay with saying I can't. I'm okay with that. Because God put me in a family that when I can't, probably others can. God put me in a family that, that I, I will not be able to do everything. He, he put us together that together we will be successful and be able to help one another. Amen. And when I can't do something that only God can do, I'm okay with saying, God, only you can do this because I can't do it. We got to be okay with that. Jehoshaphat was okay with letting the Lord know that I can't. Rather than going to God before we have tried all else and fail, we often seem to seek him as a last resort. Church, God, God, God wants to be first in everything in our life. God wants to be first in everything in our life. He don't want to be the leftover, the afterthought. God wants to be first in everything in our life. He made us first. We was his first priority. And he wants us to make him first, our first priority. Yes, 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 yes. We must break this trend of going to God as a last resort. With the help of God's power and his word, we can turn our priorities around and start to go to God first and not last. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. God wants to do so many things for us if we will only ask, if we will only seek, if we will only knock. The fact of the matter is God is just waiting for us to find our resource in him. God is your resource, not people. God is your resource, not people. I don't know, for, Brother Scarlett, you know, I can talk to you about this. I don't know, the other day, I, I got a little kick out of thinking about the look on the trustee's face. One day, I come in with a check of a million dollars that I wrote from my bank account and give to them. I don't know why I got that image. I said, I said, I can't. I said, I said, Lord, give me an opportunity to have a million dollars to give to the church. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You want to hear this? My wife was like, save some for the house too. <laughs> I'm telling her, I'm, I'm telling her this story. I said, I just, I just can picture myself writing a check of a million dollars and taking it to the trustees and say, this goes toward the building fund. And then I just walk back and then I just do like this. And watch them look at each other like, is he playing? And so I told my wife that she's like, are you going to save some for the house? I didn't think about that part, but that's a wife for you. 
<laughs> All I'm thinking about is like, we got to get this building. And if I if I can write a check for a million dollars, I'm writing a check for a million dollars. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing. But the point I'm trying to make here, however, that million dollars come. And if I am allowed by the Lord because he provides to write that check, it's still not how it's not the resource. It's not the, the person that allowed me to get that million dollars. They ain't the resource. God is the resource. Don't ever forget that. God uses people. People are not the resource. God is the resource. He uses people, but the people are not the resource. He is the resource. And so whatever he does, whether it's telling a millionaire, go get that church a million dollars. Go get that church 1.7. Whatever it is, and they can come with their proud looking, write the check for 1.7. The bottom line is, guess what? God spoke to them and told them to do that. God is our resource, and he's waiting for us to be a church that will trust him first and not everything else. We need to go to God. We need to break the trend and make sure he is our priority and he is our resource. He will show himself strong on our behalf. We must allow him to do his work in our situations. And so I appreciated Jehoshaphat, the way how he went about things. He, he didn't allow himself to go seek his counselors for counsel. He didn't come up with a strategic plan to say, let me map out a plan as to how I'm going to do this. No, he went to God first and seek the Lord. Jerusalem and Judah listened to, the, to God's prophet. They trusted that God's man will be used by God to do God's will. And so we too should trust God to put men and women of God in our life to speak God's truth to us. We, we got to trust God for that. We got to realize if God put men and women in our life to speak truth, then we need to trust that. Can I say this to you? Be careful that you allow news reporters, social media, and other outlets to influence what you do more than the men and women of God that God put in your life. There's going to come times, which we've seen already, there's going to come times where our society is saying this, but God is saying this. What are you going to do? Is the pressures of the society, what everyone is saying, going to be greater in your life than what God is saying? You're quiet now because we know that's the times that we're living in. And there's some some things that God is going to say, I want you to do this. And society is going to be saying, do that. Listen, for those of you that didn't follow um, the, the, the situation in California with um, a, a man of God in our organization that was leading the charge. To, to, to help California open up and start having church service. You know, California was the last ones to have open up for where church can come back together after the pandemic. And the governor had decided that he wasn't going to open up. He opened up everything. And the church out there in California, God decided that he wanted that church out in California to push the issue to, to, to tackle that. Now, I'm glad that wasn't me because in my mind, I was saying, you know what, God? If, if you didn't allow them to open up, then it's just we can't open up and we just got to keep on doing what you want us to do. That was my mindset. 
And so if that's what you want, God, then that's fine. But I believe God can do both. Right. So down here, God wanted us to do what we were doing, however we were doing it. But out there, he wanted to prove a point because God knows everything. And so the church out there, the pastor and some other pastors got behind him and they fought the governor tooth and nail and won the case and even got money back from the government because of the money they spent. Society was saying, we're not opening back up in California. And the man of God felt pushed by the Holy Ghost to fight them to open back up. So what I'm trying to tell you is, you got to really, really build your relationship with God and submit to God and allow men and women of God that God has put into your life to help you with what you're doing so you can hear from God and do what God wants you to do. Because there's sometimes God is going to use his prophets. He's going to use his servants to speak his word to you that that's not in agreement with what you like. And then what are you going to do then? Are you going to say, well, you know, the news says this. God's going to put us in that predicament. If we, learn this about God. Why does he allow me to say this? Learn this about God. God knows what you hold near and dear to your heart. That's not going to do you good. Ethan, God knows the thing you hold closest to your heart that is not good for you. So what he always do is come after that. That's how much he loves you. That has nothing to do with God being mean. God knows what you hold near and dear to your heart. And he knows that that thing that you hold near and dear to your heart is not going to do you any good. It's going to mess you up. So he comes after you and say, I want that. And a lot of times when he first comes, you get offended. The man Abraham experienced that. Didn't we just talk about that? What was the nearest and dearest thing to Abraham? Is one and only. And God says, he's going to idolize that boy. You see what I'm saying? This is how deep our God goes, but we shallow. What the Jews say? The Jews say the, 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 the Christians go one level in their understanding in the word of God. The Jews go three levels. But that's another story for another day. But, but the point is, God went after Abraham and says, I want you to sacrifice your son. And I believe God went after that because God knew that's going to be your idol. Because that's the one that's going to keep your legacy going. Because that's the one that's going to inherit everything. You're treating him like he an idol. And so God says, I need to make sure that's not your idol. I need you to sacrifice him. I'm just showing you that to tell you the thing you hold nearest and dearest, the thing you hold on to, God is going to come after you for that. And so whatever your thing is, I don't know what your thing is, but whatever your thing is, God is going to come after it. And when God come after it, just remember this day that I said this. Don't get upset with anybody or try to blame anybody. It's God that's coming after that thing because he's trying to make sure you're not uh, in bondage because of that situation. That you're not controlled by that situation because God don't want anything to control you but him. So when a situation in your life is controlling you, God has a problem. So he's going to come directly at that. And don't get mad at who is telling you that because you don't like that. Understand it's God that's coming after you because God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to be so connected to that thing that it hinders you from living for God, that it hinders you from opening up your heart. And that's what 
he is trying to get us to understand. I want you to meditate on that. I'm not moving fast from this because I feel strongly that I need to say this. That God does that. And we always think it's the devil. Anything that we bring into our life that make us comfortable. Every time God comes after it, we blame the devil. And we're not realizing that God already recognized that this is becoming a problem to us. We might not see it that way because we know how to justify things. Because we don't just do things. We have a justi- justification, a reason of why we're doing it. So, so when someone attacks something we hold near and dear, we say, please, that can't be of God because blah, 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 blah. All I'm going to say to you is, and I'm going to move on after I say this. For God to tell Abraham, sacrifice your son, that can't be of God. Now tell me what's more treacherous or more devastating than that. Your only son. And God says, I want that. So every time you stop to think, that can't be of God. I want you to think, was that of God? When God told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, your one and only son. Is that of God? The word of God will not always make us feel good or tell us what we want to hear. But it will always do us well. The word of God will always do us well, church. (laughs) Listen, God has placed ministers and pastors, teachers and evangelists, servants in our lives to guide us and lead us to him. If we will let them, God can use them to help us make better choices and to keep us on the path that leads to us fulfilling our purpose in Jesus Christ. The battle we face may seem insurmountable, but the battle doesn't have to be ours. We have made some battles ours. And the battle doesn't have to be ours. The battle is the Lord. When Jehoshaphat realized the extent of the army coming to attack Judah, his first thought was that his army would have to fight, even if it meant death. Realizing this would be a futile effort because they were solely outnumbered, he quickly turned to God. God assured Jehoshaphat that he did need to worry. He did not need to worry. This battle was not his own to win or lose. Can I just slide this in real quick? That when the Lord, when you turn something over to the Lord, don't take it back from him. When you give something to the Lord, don't take it back from him. Because what will happen a lot of times, you give it to the Lord, and in your mind, it don't look like you're doing nothing, God. We give it to the Lord, and we stand there waiting. So, so, Lord, I, I heard from the pulpit, I read from the word, the battle is yours, I've turned it over to you, and I'm saying, nothing, nothing is moving. As a matter of fact, it looks like it's getting worse. I'm, I, it looks like it's getting worse, God, well, what is, what's that all about? We don't even realize how much we try to play God. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy to not be God or play God, I guess you should say, because a lot of us are playing God and we don't even realize it. 
And so if we say we turn something over to God and God is not moving quick enough and God is not working it out quick so I can see. Oh, I'm taking it back. (laughs) Give me this back, Lord, because you're not doing a good job. Let me do what I need to do. Somebody say amen, because you you know you have done that in the past where you give something over to God and he didn't look like he was moving quick enough and you took it back. You're going to try to win the battle now on your own. (laughs) God is ready and waiting to fight for us, church. He is ready and waiting to fight for us. He assured the people of Judah not to be afraid or dismayed. He wanted them to just trust him. When we are facing difficult situations, we just need to trust God. In spite of fears and other alternatives, we simply just need to trust God. Trusting God is often easier said than done. When we're sick, laying up in the hospital, and all the tubes coming out of us, it is not so easy to trust God I get that. I understand that. When your boss tell you we got to lay you off, I know it's not so easy to trust God. But when we just make up in our mind that no matter what, I'm going to let God do what he does. I'm going to turn it all over to him and we don't worry about it and we don't try to take it back from him. Then God will work on our behalf. Trust or trusting God. Gives us hope. If we will just trust him, we will have hope. If we will just trust him, he will help us. If we will just trust God, he will make a way for us. All right. I'm going to finish up in a second here. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 22. Now watch this. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments, that's a word, dear boy, ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mousir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Church, something the word of God is showing us. Jehoshaphat, the king, realized that his country, his cities, was going to be destroyed by the attacks of others. He realized they were outnumbered. He realized that with his army, they can't prevail. The first thing he did was go to the Lord. And he prayed and he commanded a fast in the congregation. And when he did that, he stood in the midst of the congregation and said, let's pray together. The children came to pray together. The wives came and prayed together. And obviously the husbands were there praying together. And so they were all praying and calling on the name of the Lord. But guess what? Nothing had happened yet. They trusted the Lord. They called on his name. They prayed together. They fasted. But nothing happened. Nothing happened. But then we read in 22, verse 22. When they began to sing and to praise, 
the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon. I'm here to tell you this morning, there is victory in your praise. <laughs> oh, Sister Josephine, you know what I'm talking about, right? There is victory in your praise. It's one thing to pray. It's one thing to call on the name of the Lord. But there's another thing when you decide that on top of my prayer, of my prayer I'm going to begin to praise God. You see, you got to understand this. We can pray what we like. It's one thing to pray, oh, God, bless my family and keep my family. There's certain things that we pray because it feels good. There's certain things that we pray, and we pray them out of the lust that's in our heart. There's certain things that we pray, and we're praying because it sounds right, but it doesn't mean we really, truly have prayed that prayer by faith. It just means we had prayed it. We had said words. But what this scripture is teaching us, is that when we pray in faith, when we pray in faith and then we begin to pray. See, when you pray in faith, it will take you into praise. When you pray in faith, it will take you into worship. I don't know if some of you have experienced this, but it's nothing like when you pray and you sit there or lay there or stand there or walk around there. And after you got done praying, you start to say, hey, God's been good. He's really been good. He's really been good to me. I just can't let him down. I can't let him down. I can't let him down. He's really been good to me. And then we say, when I think of the goodness of the Lord and all he's done, there's something about, there's something about when you pray in faith, you begin to sing, you begin to praise, you begin to worship, you begin to give God the honor. There's something about when you pray and you pray in faith, something just begin to move you and you begin to walk around and you begin to skip and you begin to think of the Lord and begin to say, Lord, you've been good. Lord, I thank you. And then you get to a place where you start to say, thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. How about we sing that one more time? Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. 
When you pray some prayers of faith, that's what's beginning to come out of you. There's something about uh, when you pray in faith uh, that praise and worship and thanksgiving begin to flow out of you. Uh, And I'm reading in my Bible where it said they prayed. uh, And when they had prayed and they had fast, uh, guess what? Uh, They began to praise. uh, And when they began to praise, uh, then they experienced that miracle. That's when the Lord sent ambushment. Uh, That's when the Lord smit the enemy. Uh, And I want to tell you today, uh, you might have prayed. uh, You might have fast. uh, You might have called on the name of the Lord. uh, But now God is calling you uh, to praise. No, God is calling you uh, to worship. Uh, Now God is calling you uh, to give him the honor because that's the end of what will move God into that place uh, of sending you uh, deliverance, uh, of sending you uh, restoration, uh, of sending you your miracle. Stand to your feet. There is victory in your praise. I know you prayed. I know you fasted. But I'm here to tell you, now you need to praise. In Acts chapter 16, you know this very well. While Paul and Silas were evangelizing in the region of Macedonia, God used singing and worship to deliver them out of prison. The amazing conversion of Lydia, a well-known merchant of royal fabrics, was fresh in their minds. In the midst of their congregation, in the midst of their rejoicing, a young woman began to follow them around saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim us the way of salvation. Even though her words were true, her spirit annoyed Paul. Paul was annoyed by her spirit. So after many days of her mocking the men of God and their mission, Paul had enough. He rebuked the evil spirit. Remember I told you we have authority? He rebuked the evil spirit out of her. Finally, they would have peace. Not so, Paul. Finally, they would have uh, peace. You have just cast out the fortune teller, the people that were using her to make money off of her. They said, you have just cast out the fortune telling spirit that had helped some highly rich men gain their wealth. They were furious when Paul rebuked the devil that was using her to tell stories. They dragged Paul and Silas into the marketplace and demanded they be put into prison on some false accusation. They were brutally beaten, Paul and Silas, and put into a secure part of the prison. Paul and Silas could have been discouraged at their predicament. Here, they were just trying to share the gospel. And people had misrepresented and lied about them. They ended up in excruciating pain from the beating and were bent over in an uncomfortable position, locked in stocks. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, the word of God says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. You see the pattern, church? This is, this is revelation for all of us. You see the pattern? We read that way back in the Old Testament in Second Chronicles. But now we're in the book of Acts, the New Testament church. Here go the same pattern. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And then what? 
and sang praises unto God. You see, the two go together. It's not just enough to pray, but we got to pray and praise. We got to pray and worship. And it says at midnight they prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. Rather than complain about their situation, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing hymns. Their songs echoed throughout the hall of the prison, and the other prisoners gained encouragement and strength from their praise. And suddenly, about midnight, as they were singing, a mighty earthquake shook the area. All the doors of the prison shook violently until they swung open. The shaking was so violent that the chains and the restraint of the prisoners fell off. Everyone was set free. Paul and Silas did not take the opportunity to run. They made sure all the prisoners were accounted for. The jailer turned his heart to the Lord and Paul and Silas were free to stay a few days encouraging people about God. There's a pattern, church. And when you pray, praise need to follow that. I don't care if you prayed at home, praise that church. I don't care if you prayed at church, praise that church. Whatever it takes, wherever you are, prayer and then praise must follow. Because God is something about when people praise. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, but God has certainly entertained that. That when we pray and we begin to praise, he begins to operate. I don't know what that's all about. I can't explain it, but God does something when his people begin to pray and then they praise. Praise unto the Lord encourages us and others. It gets God's attention. Something happens in the realm of the spirit when we praise. There's something about praise that takes place in the realm of the spirit. And so it's important that we find ourselves praising God after we have prayed. And so today, before we leave here, we just ought to praise God. Today, before we leave here, we just ought to pray and then praise God. If you've got a situation that you're facing today, I'm going to pray with you. And then after I pray with you, we're going to praise God together because God wants to help us in our situations. God wants us to turn to him. First of all, what we need to do is ask God to forgive us that while we were going through our situation, we were depending on everyone else and every other circumstance. And we've been relying on outside sources to help us and God we need to uh, we need to ask God to forgive us because we have done that wrong and so if we will repent today and say God forgive us for turning to other sources for for you to help for them to help and not go to you will you forgive us and then bring your situation before God and then we're going to praise father in the name of Jesus Christ Lord will you forgive each and every one of us we have sinned against you, Lord. And how we have sinned, Lord God, we have been going to other places and other people and other sources, Lord God, to look for answers, to get our situations resolved, to get things worked out. We have not come to you first, Lord. We've gone to so many other places. But God, we repent in the midst of this congregation today. We ask that you will forgive us, Lord God, 
for what we have done because we have sinned against you. And we're asking today, Lord God, that you will help us because this moment on and moving forward, we will come to you first because you tell us, you told us to ask, you told us to seek, you told us to knock, you told us to seek ye first the kingdom, and we did not do it. But today, Lord, we turn ourselves around and we turn toward you and you now, Lord God, will do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're thanking you even now. We're thanking you even now, Lord God, because we know you've heard our prayers. And God, we anticipate deliverance. And Lord, we anticipate salvation. We anticipate, Lord God, that you will help us. And so, Lord, we put our situations before you. And we say, Lord, help us. Help us with the situation that you know we're struggling with, Lord. Help us. Help us with the situation that we're struggling with, Lord. We place it before you today. We give it over to you because the battle, we will no longer make our battle. We turn it over to you because the battle belongs to you. Will you help us, Lord God? Will you help us, Almighty God? In the name of Jesus Christ, we turn it over to you, Lord God. The battle is yours, Almighty God. It is not ours, Almighty God. Oh, Father, have your way today. In the name of Jesus Christ, have your way, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus. The battle is yours, Lord. You have your way, Lord God. We will praise you and worship you and honor you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Somebody need to begin to thank God today because you have given him, you've turned it over to him. And now you want God to have his way. Oh, God. Oh, God, that we may be free, that we may be free. Oh, you, you, Lord, you, Lord, are the ones that will win this battle, that will win this battle, not us, Lord God. I praise you. I thank you today, Lord God. Oh, I give you honor and praise, oh, God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. We bless your name. We bless your name, oh God. There is none like you. There is none like you, Lord God. Somebody call on the name of the Lord. Somebody bless the name of Jesus. Somebody praise him today. Somebody praise him today. He's deserving of the praise. Oh, he's worthy of all the praises. Who is worthy to be praised? Hallelujah! 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 Who is worthy to be praised? This is your day, church. God is getting ready to do something in your life. God is getting ready to do something in your life. God is getting ready to do what you thought was impossible. God is getting ready to do the miraculous. Who is worthy to be praised? Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. 